Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Yeah, I had requested just people putting their hands on me and it was just so transformative for me just to feel that and feel safe at the same time, which is totally new for me, especially with strangers, with lots of strangers. Um, yeah. And just that much, much like a psychedelic experience, it really just has sat with me and it's almost a kind of a place of resourcing that I can think back mm -hmm. to that and see how that feels uh, and return to it. See, that's the purpose of it for me. And that's why I love it is you have this landscape that now lives in you where you have experienced some of the most intimate um, witnessing and touching and giving that you may be ever in your life with complete strangers. And not only did you survive, but you're more intact and you feel more connected to yourself and you trust people more. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we explore life through the lens of somatics. I'm Luis Mojica a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety in themselves. Your turn to learn begins now. So I am joined today with my really lovely retreat team. And we have three individuals that were at our retreat this last year in Menla. And we have another one coming up in June. And I like to promote things conversationally and relationally. I like to let people be kind of fly on the wall to our experiences and our connections and what emerges for us in certain uh, events and offerings that I host, uh, just so people have an idea and they can have a felt sense of what is this thing like? What's it like to go on a retreat with uh, holistic life navigation? And 
it was last year, the, I'm saying last year because it feels like it was last year, but this last year, 2023, it was our uh, foray into retreats. Um, never did one before, did lots of workshops, but we never actually hosted a retreat that was more than a day. So we had two cohorts, I'll call them, at Menla. What, one was in May, I believe, and one was in, when was yours? July? August. August. Yeah. All three of you were at the same one. I think so, yeah. Yeah. That was the one. That one was, oof, that was real. <laughs> the one, we'll get into that in a moment. And that was Evan's, no, that wasn't your first one. That was the first one that you were yeah, there. That's the first one I stayed the whole time. That's the, right. The first one I had offered the sound healing and then I left that night. That's right. Okay. So we're doing another retreat, everybody, in June. June 12th, it, it begins. And it's five days this time. The last one was like, I don't know, what do you even call it? Like two, two, I guess two days, two and a half ish. Um, and what was so fascinating for me is by, and this is where I want to hear from everybody by the, the first night we kind of meet around four or five, we integrate, we get some dinner and then we come back to the space and Evan leads a sound healing. And the purpose of it is kind of like a portal, you know, like you're entering this womb like space of sound to initiate you out of whatever life brought you the day before, the week before, the hour before even, into this new space with these bodies in like a nonverbal way, in a vibrational way. And then we had all day Saturday, had a really intense healing with touch ceremony Saturday night, and then like a two or three hour window on Sunday. And what's so fascinating is by Saturday morning, people are already feeling more connected, but by Sunday morning, it was like a family. And we had 52 people there. So... I was amazed that in 24 hours, people could break their kind of like reflexive boundary of other people and just be so gooey and open hearted. I'm like, we have to do five days. Like what's five days going to bring us if it gets that intense up to 24 hours? So I, I just want to start by asking everybody, what was your first, what was it like walking in the first time? I'm going to start with the retreaters. Like what, what was your felt sense? Just tell us anything you want us to know about that. Why don't we, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on you. Let's start with Ansley. Well, I had so much anticipation about it. I was so looking forward to it. And you gave us all a card and a gift when we first arrived. And in the card, it said, you know, recognize you've arrived. And I realized in reading that, you know, I was really outside of my body. I was so excited, nervous, you know, um, and that for me was kind of like the first settling of many settlings over the course of the day. But, you know, getting there, it was just, I could tell something special was about to happen. Just looking at the, in the eyes of, of the other people who were there and just feeling your presence and just this, the room, I, I, I knew um, it was going to be really special. Oh, I love that. I, I wondered how bodies would experience that, that little card. That's really cool. And so that's amazing. How about you, Shana? Tell me about your experience. Um, when I first arrived, I was so nervous, so nervous, felt like completely trapped in my body, could not express myself, any words that were coming out. I was like stuttering and just like really uncomfortable. But I noticed around mealtimes, we were all sitting together and it felt like family dinner, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And that's where I really felt like I was getting close to people. So every time we did some sort of ceremony with you or some sort of class, it really did feel so tight knit. It didn't feel like it was 45 or 50 people. It felt like it was 10 people. We were just so close. And so um, 
at the end, you said it, we're just a bunch of misfits trying to find community with one another. And that's where my heart just blasted open because I felt like seen and yeah, it was beautiful. I loved it. Mm. Oh, I felt that in my heart. I forgot that, that little line at the end. <laughs> um, and I stand corrected, Shayna. It's like, yeah. I, w I want to say Shayna. And then my mind's like, no, it's yeah. Shanna. And I'm like, and I say Shanna, like it feels gross. <laughs> so so Shayna, <laughs> two of my team members just DM'd me. That, so they got your backs. <laughs> I dropped all the Shana. flavor. Shayna, got it. Okay, David, tell me your experience. Yeah. Um, similar to Shayna, I also came in quite charged up. My body knew that something, something intense was going to happen um in, in in the most beautiful way um but going back to that card not only did it say that you have now arrived it also said all of your feelings all of your thoughts everything here is welcome and i think yes. that really set the stage and i loved seeing that because that really set the stage for the entire container that that retreat was um and also similar to shana um right as we sat down for dinner i also had that same experience of like everyone here is just trying to connect and heal and learn and grow and everyone's just here to for this experience and i just i felt really welcomed um and that really helped me settle in just that container and and the, just that experience yeah Thanks for that, because there's something so special to me about this this type of work, especially in person, for that reason. Everybody's coming together to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's not like competition, it's not proving, it's like we're all coming to kind of break open with each other and we don't know what that's going to be like. And there's something so... Um, there's something so connecting about that. Like we start to lose identities and we just gain this, oh, this collective kind of like relative sense of being in bodies. I, I love that. I'm wondering, what was it like? I'm going to go to my assistants for a minute. Actually, why don't each of you introduce yourself and what your role has been, or for Camille's part, what your role will be this June in, in holding the space? Because what makes this space important, like Shana said it about um, it felt like there were 10 people. It really did. It really did. Yeah, I, was, I didn't know what it was going to be like. And this container, for some reason, well, I, I kind of know the reasons, but for some reason... This container was so well held within itself. Like I've I've had group experiences where I feel like, whoa, I'm holding all these bodies. But you all held each other's and your own bodies and mine in this way I didn't even anticipate or ask for or prompt. It was just kind of happening. And this team, I believe, is a really big reason for that. Because when you go to a lot of seminars and workshops and and um retreats you don't tend to have this like consistent access of a one-on-one -on -one experience with a body it's usually like the teacher maybe an assistant and then some people doing kind of like clerical work but they're not there to co-regulate with you in the, such an intimate way that my team does so i want them to introduce themselves a bit so people understand how you hold that space what it was like for you all to hold space in this way with these people um, and just just to kind of share a little bit of your spirit, you know, your medicine that you bring. Let's start with Zach. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach Kalatsky, and I'm on the HLN retreat team. Uh, and to answer your question, I love our team so much that it felt like I was held at the same time as holding everyone else. And that walking into the room was just a joy. Everything was so much fun, even though everything is getting done so seamlessly. And I noticed that 
I entered the space as a somatic guide and body worker to hold space with Holly and Marika and Evan and Luis and very soon Camille. And that we really did hold space. Like we literally held people. Like normally that's just this esoteric idea of holding space. And maybe you've seen those like Instagram jokes of like someone trying to hold space. But this is literally what happened. We held bodies. And moving into it, I realized it's what I want to do with my life. It's so easy to love people when, Luis, you held this really well, where you brought in feelings and the somatics rather than the story. So as Shayna and David and Ansley and all these, like everyone's most likely going to connect to, the amount of people didn't matter. If we had 150 people, it would still come down to this. We're all feeling together, right? It didn't detract by having more. It actually expanded the experience and the energy in the room. So just to keep it relatively brief, it was a love fest within the, you know, the second day. By Saturday, it felt like everyone felt so comfortable to be there. Maybe not comfortable in their skin quite yet, but that was really growing and blossoming. Um, and just to note one more thing, actually, that I'm excited to share, knowing Marika, Holly, and Evan and I have such different energies that it was so beautiful for all of us to really enter into what we have to give and yes. share that. Yes, that, that was so important to me. Uh, it wasn't like you all weren't trained to be one node. You just came in from your training, from your personal history as a human and just connected to these people. And when Zach says holding bodies, like literally, you know, we have this, this rule <laughs> where we, we, we constantly remind everybody, you don't have to wait till you're at your edge. Any moment you desire touch or holding or connection, you literally raise your hand and someone from the team swoops in and says, what do you need? And I, it, it's so touching to be teaching and you can see people getting activated because they're feeling something big or remembering something big and they put their hand up. And I, I remember Marika going over to somebody and holding holding their chest like putting her hands right over their their heart and just holding them as they cried and cried and we could breathe with them it's just this beautiful moment of like oh this is what we're here for it's not a learning space it's, it's really a practicing to connect space and that happens all throughout the day just these bodies swooping into hands that are raised and giving them massage therapy or crying with them or walking around the the building with them or Evan would bring his his little sound healing instruments and do these beautiful little vibrational washes over that. It was really, really touching. Holly, bring bring us into you. Um, hi, I'm Holly Kiefer, uh, massage therapist, yoga teacher, licensed clinical work, social worker by training. Um, and I, <laughs> Louise will uh, attest to this. I'm a witch who really needs to touch people. Um, and True. whatever... Yeah, whatever way that that might be, because I think that as a culture, we are deeply touch starved. Um, and over the past few years, it's just gotten worse. And you can really genuinely touch someone with ever, ever, without ever actually like putting your hands on them. And I think that that's something that we all really bring in different ways. And it was fun to watch people like be very, very like bubbled and their bubble would be huge and then watch them slowly begin to open up and open up and open up to whatever their capacity allowed. Yeah, absolutely. That's my favorite part about the live experience. Cause when I'm 
or in, in person experience, because I'm doing so much virtual work, I see like hundreds of faces on the screen. And I, I can sometimes see when those faces cry and then fall down on a bed. Or I can see those things. But when you're in the room, you can feel the bubble just dissipating. And you start seeing people, when they first come in, they're all like, oh, I want to make sure my stuff's not touching your stuff. And then by <laughs> 24 hours into it, their legs are <laughs> on each other. And they're like under a blanket together. You know, this this whole experience of, of the bubble goes away. <laughs> Evan, tell us about you, uh, your medicine, how you experienced the retreats, anything they should know. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Evan Adams, and I'm a sound practitioner. Uh, at this last retreat, I offered uh, the sound healing the first night and then stayed um, in a kind of co-regulating capacity. I offered individual sound to people who um, were looking for that when it was available. And during the touch ceremony, I was also providing um sound and music and those kinds of things during that experience um yeah for me it was it was really amazing i remember for, especially because this was the first one that i stayed all the way through the first one i was a little more like i was going in and out so i was a little more focused on you know packing and those kinds of things uh, i mean it's still an amazing experience to be there for it but you know i was leaving the same day so um but this time i remember i got there and i set up and i remember being very like schedule brain like okay we got to do this by then and then once i was set up i I felt like i really started to drop into it and then knowing i was going to be there for as long as i was and having everyone come and join in um yeah i I really i really don't know how to describe it with words where just the being with other people sensationally who are so open and looking to do this kind of embodiment work um yeah, it was just really, really a beautiful and healing experience to just be with other people and to really be able to feel safe to like, for me, I mean, to feel safe with that many people to really like let my guard down and be there for them. Um, yeah, I mean, even for, I mean, for me, it felt really transformational to, to be in that with people. That's the piece that's so touching about this for me is, is what is the feeling to let my guard down and feel safe with other people? Because we know what it's like to be with people with our guard up. We know what it's like to be with people with our mind and chat. And we don't know what it's like to be with a large group of people that are all solely focused on being in their bodies together. It's like super, super rare still. Even though somatics are really taking off, we seem to still, I see, seem to see them taking off in an intellectual space still where we're talking about the somatics together. But what I loved about our retreat is really constantly diving into feeling together. And just after I remember the first exercise, the boundary exercise of putting your hands in front of someone and saying, stop and asking them to move away from you. And the room got so fucking hot. <laughs> Y'all remember that? I mean, yes, going, we were sweating. <laughs> and so we had like open windows and trying and no one was walking. It was like one minute. It was just the activation of bodies together. But something about that humanized everybody to each other. And I noticed after that practice, there was so much of a disarmament of being bound. A boundary practice, interestingly enough, we felt more comfortable with each other. And that was just, it was very, a very touching part for me. Marika, tell me about your experience. Um, yeah, I was an assistant as well. Um, it was really, I felt like I was learning and <laughs> giving sweaty hugs uh, all day. But um, yeah, I was learning really a lot from Zach and Holly because I'm. it's not, a, 
I am a hugger, but it's not a natural thing for me for somebody to raise their hand and for me to go over and, you know, figure out what it is that they want, especially if they don't know what they want. Um, and so I felt like the whole thing was wonderful because they learned how to sort of consciously co-regulate with people. Um, and once the barrier was gone, like it was a lot easier for me to um, offer more of a physical presence to people. Um, I think that was different for me because normally I'm trying to be like blend in or <laughs> sort of background noise. And so there was, it was a little bit of both, right? Because um, I was learning so much from you. I was learning so much from Zach and Holly and Evan, um, trying to apply what I was learning sort of in the moment. And also, um, you know, same with uh, Evan. I, I really loved how real we could be, how quickly we could be real. Um, especially with in comparison to the outside world um it really did feel like there was a bubble um and and for what where we could sort of unfold in really new and different ways and so that was a really wonderful thing to to witness in other people and also to be able to do myself which i, I think that's something i hadn't really anticipated was how much i was going to personally learn um, I mean, obviously, I always learn when I'm with when I'm with you, which has been many years. But um, the learning that I got from other people and the insights that everyone was was bringing to to the retreat and the Saturday night practice, where we got to actually um, also um, participate, was really life changing for me. So yeah, I, I I'm really excited for the next one. I always like doing it the first time and then being like, oh my god, I did it wrong which is not true but you know for me it's how do I want to take what I learned and bring you know something new to the next retreat so I'm really excited for the next one mm -hmm. no me too I cannot wait Camille what's it like like witnessing all this you know what are you thinking when you come in next year like where, where are you placing yourself in this um I don't know it's uh well there, there's this level of excitement you know just a little bit of FOMO, like oh, I wasn't there this year, heard so many great things, uh, wish I could have experienced it myself. And there's this part of me going into it, like I know I'm going to be meeting an edge of mine because um, I haven't done in-person facilitation and educating since 2019. Um, so part of me is like, what, how is my body going to respond to being in physical space with people? Um, which is really interesting because it started COVID in, in, in my space. Everyone's like, how are we going to do this work on zoom? It won't make sense. It can't work. And now here I am like, I don't know how to do it any other way. Um, but that's one of the things I'm going to be just sort of curious to watch how I navigate that space and what my reaction is like. And, um, like similar to Marika noticing what is it like for me to support someone in a physical space, not just prompting them with, well, could you try this? Could you try that? But, you know, literally being in space with them and using my body to support their body. Mm -hmm. Even when you say using my body to support their body. And when Marika said conscious co-regulation, like that's really, that's, I'm going to ask the retreaters in a moment, but th that's what I think is so special about this team. Like I said, it's not like an administrative team. It's like a team of hearts and bodies that you just get to lean into and lean onto literally and metaphorically. And I think that's part of what makes the container so sturdy is uh, these bones and these bodies are like really strong to hold you in whatever you're going through. 
just like David said, and I really mean that in the invitation, it all belongs. Someone's angry, if someone's jealous, someone's sad, if someone's triggered, if they're happy, it, it belongs. This is not like a good vibes only kind of place. Like anything moving through you is we want to work with and relate to and hold, not to make it transform, but to make it uh, less taboo, just to let it be there. It's like, and we'll, and we'll, I'll get into the the practice I want to talk about with all of you, like the really magical a touch practice we did on Saturday night. Um, part of what makes that practice so amazing is you have people that would never consider themselves healers or space holders or somatic anything suddenly coming into this ancestral knowing of how to witness and hold really big things that live in people's bodies. And I don't know a more connecting, humanizing, equalizing practice than that one. So we'll go there in a moment. I want to ask each of you, I'll go in the same order I went before. Uh, how did you experience the support? Uh, and uh, it's a two-part question. It's like, how do you experience the support from all of us? And at what point did you feel, did your body finally get the permission? Like, I'm allowed to unfold. I'm allowed to cry. I'm allowed to open up. I'm allowed to ask for what I need. Ansley, what was that? Tell me that process, that experience for you. I just love so much that you said um, it's a group of people, a group of hearts, because that's so how I experienced it was just, um, just these really open um, hearts that were, that were there. And I also loved how it, it was each person brought a different energy. So it's kind of like, depending, I would always look to Marika kind of when I had my like more practical, less like, you know, um, healing arts. <laughs> I just, Marika, you were such a touchstone to me of like, and I hate to say this, but like the real world. It's like, I just, I don't know. I just felt this connection with you of just like, you know, this is someone who's here. She's solid, you know? Um, and then, you know, Evan with the music on Friday night, it really was a portal. Um, and then Holly and Zach, each in your own way, I got hugs from each of you and just felt so open-hearted and just warm from them. So I would say my body really started to unfold probably in the boundary exercise, just because at that point we'd had several meals together. And I totally agree with Shana and Dave that the meals for me were this really um, important part of the whole experience. It was just, I mean, even seeing um, my fellow participants just brought a smile to my face when I joined the Zoom call because I just felt so connected to both of you throughout the throughout the days, but I would say probably Saturday midday, I was really feeling that initial invitation of like everything belongs because as I watched other people share, I felt they belonged. And then you kind of extend that same kindness to yourself. I love that. Cause we, we would take our lunch in my, my little office room so we could kind of come together and be like, who needs more support or how are you feeling Holly or what's coming from my body? So we had our own little kind of co-regulation circle so we could have capacity for everybody else and just keep track of how everyone was doing and, you know, changing schedule if we needed to, that kind of thing. But I wasn't at the dinner. So I, I'm imagining the meal is this great space to kind of integrate with each other in a really natural way, just over breaking bread breaking beans in this case so it was, it was really nice it's nice to hear that i imagine it's a really connective connective way and i'm i'm for real everybody listening beans three times a day we have beans so <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be well well fed and nourished by this amazing kitchen shana tell us the same thing how did you experience the support and at what point did your body say i'm allowed to unfold i'm allowed to really be here 
So I was walking in incredibly nervous and I was like slightly late too. Cause I got a mix up of the buildings and Zach notices me and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like I noticed the tea and I'm like, I really need chamomile right now, but then I'm late. And Zach kind of stops me and he was like, don't worry, we're not going to begin for a few more minutes. And I started like talking, but like stopped and got more nervous. And he goes, I see you. And so immediately I was like, okay, I'm a nervous mess right now. But I, I immediately just like relaxed in his presence and it was so needed at the time. And then, you know, being welcomed into the room and i think my first hug was with marika and she's so huggable and it's just like so felt in the heart you know um and then got to connect with holly later and connect on like astrology and stuff like that and even break bread with her and zach as well at one time and i felt so supported it felt so natural to be together and um i think the first exercise where we it would like the the room was darkened and we got to kind of just do whatever we wanted. I have a lot of suppressed energy and a lot of that is sensual. And I found myself like touching my torso and I was like, it's okay to touch myself in this way. And I don't have to be ashamed of it. And so that was kind of the first opening of many. Ooh, feel that in my heart. So good. How about you, David? What was your experience of the support and when your body was like, I'm allowed to unfold? Yeah. So same here as Shayna. I came in quite nervous. Um, and I also came late. But I remember like the second that I came in to the main space that we had, like literally the second that I came in, Zach just came in for like a hug. <laughs> and I didn't even know who Zach was. I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Um, and I was honestly, I, the main thing that I wanted to share today was my experience with the facilitators, because honestly, I felt like you guys were the ones that really helped my body unfurl and open up. Like I had an experience with both Zach and Holly that was really powerful with Zach on Saturday. Um, I was feeling a lot of charge coming up and I was having difficulty being in my body. And I just, and at first I was very, I didn't know how to like raise my hand and like ask for help, but I asked for help and we sat down and he led me through this very gentle and compassionate pendulation. Um, and it really helped me settle back in and, and just get back into my body. And it was right before that long space of time that we had before the table exercise. So it really just let me go into myself before that big experience that we had that night. And then with Holly, um, I also had a lot of support from Holly and specifically on Saturday, I, this crazy experience happened where, um, I again was having a lot come up. I asked for help from Holly and she actually like, I, I told her that I was having a lot come up in my mouth and my nose and she actually like put her thumbs underneath my cheek and started pressing up, which I've never done or experienced before, but it literally felt like my cheek was going to explode. Like it was, it was that much. And like, it was so much that I actually pulled her hands away, but we gently started titrating into it. And it was such a powerful experience for me because 
as we're titrating into it and I'm just breathing with everything that's coming up and just kind of holding space for it, it literally felt like my cheek was going to explode and it was on fire. And I also felt like a column, a pillar of like heat and energy coming out of my chest. Like it was literally the most insane experience. And I really just want to like thank Holly. And I thanked her that day too, because that was so profound for me. Like I've had this trauma for a long time and I've been feeling into it, but never have I had the experience of touching it, literally just touching it. And that experience, after that experience, I felt so settled in my face area, which is so rare for me. And it was just a really profound experience from both Zach and Holly that just allowed my body to unfurl and, and help me feel safe. So that was a huge part of my experience. And really what I feel like separated the retreat for me was that co-regulation, that support, and me slowly being able to open up to them and ask for that very intimate holding. When you said, I've had this trauma for a long time, I've never touched it. You know, like we touched it. Yeah. That, that really moved me because that's the, that's the, my goal for these retreats. Yeah. And like, like how Zach said, it, 150 people could do this and we'll probably do that someday because the, the idea, just like you said, that the, the goal is not to figure out or connect with stories is to connect with sensation together because so many of us are talking about our traumas or hiding our traumas, but to bring them in the room sensationally into your body with other bodies, with skilled facilitation, and I think pretty good exercises and ceremonies, we get to touch the trauma together. And that's extremely unique, extremely unique. It, it's not unique for like one-on-one -on -one touch work with a somatic therapist. If you go and you pay and you spend an hour with somebody, it's unique in a room full of people you've never met before. And that's what I think so courageous and effective about retreat spaces is it's, it's immersion therapy without the like, how do I say this? Without the, the contrived catharsis. And what I mean by that is we have catharsis come up in this retreat because your bodies are there. Your bodies are the catharsis. Your body is like the shaman and the medicine. But we're not making you feel something. And no point in anyone saying scream or jump up and down or hit something. It's like we're just going into our bodies together and everything starts to unfold from that. And it, for me, the, the touch ceremony is so profound. The first one I ever did was with Holly. And we did it uh, for this uh, other other group, this private mystery group uh, that I did some work for last year. And I went to uh, Pittsburgh. And it's the first time I got to meet you in person, Holly. And I think we had, what did we have, like 25 people? 24, 20, I can't remember, something like that. And yeah. I've done this before with like five people. Done a lot of that, like for years. But never did it with 25 people. And it was groundbreaking in terms of my body being the ground <laughs> like broke so much open and i thought i need to bring this to the somatic world now like i need to bring this to the trauma somatic world because touch is so overcoupled with inappropriateness or sex or boundary violation it's rarely overcoupled with um let's say i don't want to say safety but like reception when it comes to strangers most people want to walk into a room with someone they never met and feel like received with their touch, they would feel kind of like, I don't know if I want you touching me. So there's something magical about you meet these people and 24 hours later, 
you're laying on a table and you're presencing your body and you're presencing your pain, you're crying, you're yelling, you're laughing, you're, you're whatever's coming through you. And you're directing the group how to hold you through that. So just to paint a picture for everybody, we have one person laying on a massage table, they have one minute, and we have 50 people surrounding them in a giant circle, usually an inner circle and an outer circle. And the person lays, lays on the table and they say something like, I am carrying so much grief. It's in my stomach. I never feel safe letting it out. I want someone to hold me like a mother. And someone comes up and wraps them in a blanket and holds them. I want someone else to squeeze my feet. Someone comes up and squeezes their feet. I want someone to, I want everyone else to sing me lullabies, which someone actually asked for. And we all start singing lullabies. And it's just this minute of instinctively really parenting the person on the table. Uh, and this incredible repair starts happening where they're able to feel this thing they couldn't feel before because they, they were too alone in it. They didn't have capacity to hold it themselves. But 50 people gives you the privilege to suddenly have this huge tribal capacity to feel something as too big to feel alone. I never even talked about the ceremony publicly before. So I think it'd be fun. I, you know, it's like my little private secret, but not anymore <laughs> once this is out. So I'd like us all to kind of weave of this, everyone but Camille. I mean, Camille, bring your in intuition, of course, <laughs> what you imagine. But how, how was that? Because each of us facilitators and retreaters, we all had a profound experience. So who wants to start? Just kind of dive in. What was that part like for you? What don't people know about that part? Like, how can we even share this with, with our listeners? I, I have a couple things to say and share. Um, I guess to start off, what I didn't expect was how healing it would be to step into that role of being a healer how honestly for me more came unfurled within me witnessing others than even than even when i was on the table just receiving that support from everyone else um so that was really beautiful just to and during that whole exercise uh, another huge thing for me was what kept coming up for me was i'm not alone i'm not the only one and just witnessing everyone sharing their pain, sharing their trauma, being so vulnerable, it was so beautiful to me because I have a hard time doing that. And also I feel like often in the spaces that I'm in, in real life, it's, uh, it's really hard for me to, to share these things, to, to presence them, to even let people know that they're there. Um, like a huge thing that really resonated that you said Luis, was you know mo like most of the time we're walking around and nobody knows that we're carrying all of this that is inside of us so that that was where really huge things for me where i just looked around the room and saw everyone just feeling and sharing and and doing all this and i just felt i really felt at home at ease and like a lot of tears came up for me and just all this emotion because I was like, I'm not alone. So, Absolutely. yeah. Thank you for that. You talked about Louise, like the inner circle and then the outer circle, because obviously not all 50 of us could get around the table. But for me, that was probably the most profound part because like David, the giving um, was more profound for me than the receiving on the table. And I think one of the reasons was you had told us 
if you can't put your hands on the person, then be in the outer circle and support the people, put your hands on the backs of the people who are giving support. And that feeling the support of someone else's hands on my back as I was giving to the person on the table just felt so restorative. It was really kind of like the first experience I've ever had of like, you know, true generosity is not depleting because you've got someone to help you. And all I could think about was like in society, if we could support caregivers, teachers, nurses, these people who are giving constantly, I just don't think we'd have that burnout because they would feel the love too. And so, I mean, I could talk forever about Saturday night and I have to my family, extensively, <laughs> but it was the most incredible experience of love and community. And as you said, David, you know, I'm not alone. We're all struggling and we're all here for each other. I have to agree with that. And also just, um, Evan setting the music landscape was like going back into the womb and being fully supported by the mother, you know, it was so stunning. I was really impressed by the fact that we could ask anything that we wanted and it was fully supported. Like some people were, some people were held, you know, as if they were levitating and, I had never experienced that many group hugs before, and I, I didn't know how much I needed them in my life, you know, and to really feel that community and be fully supported and ask whatever we wanted just was so precious. And I haven't felt that preciousness, especially in community for a very, very long time. So that was a gift. Mm. Oh, I'm getting all welled up. It's taking me back there and and I'm so glad you said that piece about the music. That's a huge part that we didn't have the first retreat was people when they were getting on the table could actually say, I want bells, or can you make me feel like I'm in a forest, or I want to be by the ocean. And Evan would just improvise and invoke these elements and these emotions through his beautiful work while everyone was also supporting the person physically. It was really stunning, really stunning. Uh, I want to hear from the facilitators. What, how did you experience that touch session? Yeah, I'm good to step in. I I want to start from a little before it, if that's okay, because like there's so much buildup. And I know that's such a huge edge to get on the table for some people and be touched by so many they don't know. But what I've been hearing this entire Zoom call podcast recording um, is this authentic nature that we, we all learn to come into very quickly with your prompts, Luis, right? Because we're we're no, no longer needing to show up as someone, which very often we want to be seen a certain way. We can walk into a room, be noticed by the people we want to be noticed by. And very quickly, you lead us into how do we be fully authentically ourselves by just doing what our body says it needs, right? Following our body's wants. So that slow titration into Saturday night, it still was an edge for so many, but that ease of really speak from where your body wants to be spoken from rather than tell us what you think you need, right? So like removing it from the mental state. And I love hearing what people are sharing around uh, like the healing process, like playing healer rather than receiving was still receiving. And that might've even been larger. Like David in particular was saying how, and Ansley stepping back and putting hands on people that that notion of i can actually be healed by helping others 
was something that I felt deeply also. Uh, so yes, like it was profound for me to be on the table and be connecting with everyone that way. But in reality, the, the biggest experience for me was being able to hold people after they got off the table and they just went through so much. And I just get to be this love of, you can keep going through what you're going through. One minute doesn't mean it's over. One minute means it's been activated. And now you get to process it by integrating it and metabolizing it in your body. Mm. Uh, I think I'll pause there. I have so much to share. And if there's more time, I'll get back to it. But like, <laughs> oh, like, yes. I we need a whole that. episode just about the touch session. <laughs> but oh, yes. what, what you just said, I really appreciate because the, the entire day before this touch ceremony, which we did after dinner on the first night, the whole day is exactly that. It's teaching people their yes and their no somatically. They can act just like Zach said. So you're not going on the table with like an idea of what you should do. You're walking up, no idea what you should do. And you're feeling the table and your body saying what it needs. And people who've never studied or practiced somatics from one day are able to get in touch with their, their somatic instinct and their intuition from these practices that I guide you through and my team helps support you through. And that feels important to me. And that's why these touch ceremonies have never been sloppy or inappropriate. No one's ever gotten triggered. It's just this incredible situation because we do so much care leading up to it. And, and when you said about the after, like it's your minute, but sometimes that's the first minute you ever felt this thing in 20 years. Now we can hold you. So I'm so excited for a five-day retreat because we get to we get to open the retreat with this with this practice you know get people into it do the practice then we have all these days to unfold and i've never experienced that yet i always have done this practice on the last day of retreat or it's like the final thing because people need so much prep but to do it with prep as well and then have 3 or 4 days afterwards like i'm just buzzing i'm buzzing just thinking about it Yeah, having done this this practice with four di very different groups of humans, um, it's the the magic of it never never fails to amaze. Um, both giving the touch or circling around and singing or receiving the touch, um, and for me, like my experience at the most recent one was um, unlocking something really really enormous in me that um, is still moving through, which I'm enjoying the hell out of. <laughs> um, and I think it's it's because of all of that, like Zach said, the support that we get immediately afterwards and moving through it and the finding these supports around us and how, how simple, um, not necessarily easy, but simple finding support can be. And these retreats are definitely like, really brought that up for me, like, oh, how easy it is just to ask someone how, how easy it can be. Just ask. Yeah. And any of you hearing this, hearing us talk about this, thinking like, this sounds horrible. This sounds terrifying. No fucking way. Go sign up. Yeah. <laughs> if that's how you're feeling. Go sign up. <laughs> like you especially. Although you're like, yeah, this is great. Like, yeah, please sign up. I really want to hang out with you. But I really want to hang out with the people that are like, I could never do that. Because all of us observed a handful of them at this last retreat. And to see them break through that was like, wow, especially the men. So it was like so profound to watch men be touched by women and men, non-binary people have this whole experience of like, I get to be here too. 
like my rage, my pain, my femininity also belongs. And that was just really, really special to observe. And also to speak to that too, like it's this entire thing is like, you get to choose when and if you go, like you don't have to, you can sit on the table and simply be observed. Um, there's no, there's no expectation and demand that you have to do this. Like this is, this is this glorious gifted opportunity to have this experience. And even just being in the room is we had people who would like just hang back on the walls and listen and watch. And that was, that was exactly perfect for them at those times too. It's exactly right. And just like we're hearing from some of you saying the, the witnessing and the holding space for was like equally or even more powerful for you which I think is very important because when we go into the demographics of, of the people who are traumatized and we go into ways of holding that, they tend to be one-on-one -on -one or really small private circles, but to be in a really big space where you realize I'm not broken, I'm not frail, I can hold space just as well as I can receive being held. That in and of itself is super healing because it flips the script of like, I'm so traumatized, I need help all the time into I have a lot of power here and my history of trauma becomes my medicine of holding space for someone else that's reflecting a part of me back to myself. So that community aspect of we're all reflecting each other and are part of the same tapestry, you only get that in a group like this. You don't get that in, in a one-on-one -on -one situation. And that that's very profound for me to, to watch people leave that identity of I can't do anything but be helped into like, wow, I have a lot of capacity to hold and this feels good really feels good. Just like you said, Ansley, like it, it wasn't depleted when it's an embodied, honest giving. It's very different to have an honest giving than it's like fawn and get exhausted. And it was a three hour ceremony. And it was like, I could have kept going. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, let, let's keep going for time purposes. Marika, what was it like for you? Um, well, I could just keep thinking of the people who are like, hell no, I would never do this. You were that person, so um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, thank God the assistants don't have to do this. Like, um, and then, yeah, halfway up through, Louise came up and he was like, "You're gonna do it, right?" And like my reflexive no was like, "Oh no, that probably means I do need to do it," <laughs> you know. So, I what I did was I titrated really, just uh, and so I'm sitting on a chair away from everyone not touching everyone i'm getting up i'm going you know i'm touching the outer circle um i'm walking around the circle like you know really just showing my body that i, I would that there's evidence that i would be safe and and then it's just like yeah the collective power of of what people were doing it really it, it almost got to like a fomo part right i mean later on because I didn't realize how many of the different ways people wanted to be seen and, and held and healed. I also wanted that. I also wanted somebody like, you know, the the person I didn't think was ever going to get up and then they got up and they said something. And I was like, I want that too. You know, I want fairies to be dancing around me. Like I'm in childhood. I want people singing all my favorite childhood songs. I want people lifting me up. Like, you know, it, it, even the nervousness I had before I went up, it was so much smaller than wanting to experience what everybody was experiencing, you know, and I did feel like for me, my, my experience, I did not, I had, I was really just holding your hand. Um, but then we, we just did another um, uh, 
it's like it's been a journey because it's like we just did another um retreat and we did this exercise again and so i'm like oh i got i get to do this again you know so i just kind of kept building on and i can just see how it's just going to keep going <laughs> um yeah so i i just thought it was a, a really transformative but it's okay to go slow like it i i would not have want, wished for me to push myself to go do it i just sort of like did what it is I'm, my body needed until i felt ready you know and, and that's a constant that that's a constant theme of, of how we hold this space is no one's pushed to do anything you want to sleep in your room all day you want to leave in the middle of me talking go outside like there is no rule it is a somatic space your body is the boss you let it tell you what to do so you don't burn yourself out or push beyond your capacity so I, I like that you said that. Um, and it's beautiful, uh, that FOMO piece. I, I really relate to that. Because when you go into the space, your first thing, what a traumatized body and mind do, is tries to prove all the reasons why you're too much. So it's looking around the room. I'm too much. That person's going to get upset if I say this. Oh, that I can't trust that. Per I don't like the way that person looks or smells. Like there's all these rules that your body's coming up with and stories that serve to keep you isolated in your pain. And then when you see each person get on there and you're like, these people are holding them really well. Like you start trusting it and then you start craving. You're like, I want to be held. That's not fair. When do I get to be held? And then that's when you that's when you realize there's capacity now to be seen and be witnessed and be received because now you can trust because you're watching it and you're feeling your body reach out. And that's how people know. I always say to people, the next body that wants to move forward, come forward. No one's chosen and the body will move forward because just like Marika said, people have been titrating throughout the session and their bodies are now there and they're ready and they trust and they have clarity and they move forward and the instructions they give us blow my mind every time especially the people are like i won't know what to say and then they're like you put your finger on my third eye you put your <laughs> finger on my big toe you touch my ankle but not that hard that's <laughs> incredibly detailed and we're like yes tell us exactly what you want so i i love that piece i mean i, I wonder what what how you experienced it doing it and witnessing it yeah, totally. I mean, like you were just saying, one of the things that I always love to witness is just the the burst of creativity that comes out of people in these spaces where I totally, I, and even like myself, you know, before I go to the table, I'm like, I don't really know what it is I want. And then it just, it kind of the body just kind of shows you what it is that, that you're, that works for you in that moment, especially I'm a big planner. So I would be in space like, okay, now I'll go on there in like 40 minutes and you know, I'm going to ask for this, this, and that, so I don't even have to think about it. But then you get there, and it kind of just goes out the window. Um, and I was definitely one of those fuck no people. Like, I will never do this. Um, but I had we I had been in space with you once before where we had done similar table work with about six people. And that was even a big edge for me at the time. But then being able to experience that and feel safe in that kind of container was really transformative for me. Um, and I, I really, I knew everyone at that point too. I mean, those are people who I was already familiar with. So to go on the table with this group of people who I mostly just met, um, yeah, it was just really transformative. And, um, I, I just, I feel like too, like very, very psychedelic for me that this, you just, a one minute can sound like such a little amount of time, but, um, I almost feel like I kind of lost sense of time while I was there. It could have been an hour almost. Like I just, I fell so deeply into the sensation and um, 
yeah, I had requested just people putting their hands on me. And it was just so transformative for me just to feel that and feel safe at the same time, which is totally new for me, especially with strangers, with lots of strangers. Um, yeah, and just that much, much like a psychedelic experience, it really just has sat with me. And it's almost a kind of a place of resourcing that I can think back mm -hmm. to that and see how that feels uh, and return to it. See, that's the purpose of it for me. And that's why I love it is you have this landscape that now lives in you where you have experienced some of the most intimate um, witnessing and touching and giving that you may be ever in your life with complete strangers. And not only did you survive, but you're more intact and you feel more connected to yourself and you trust people more. And so many people t have told me when they leave the retreat, they go into the world with that knowing of, oh, I don't know what that person that just cut me off in their car is, is holding in their body. I don't know this person, this, this, this clerk at the store, I'm, they're kind of being rude. I wonder what they're holding in their body. And you just start humanizing people around you because you've just witnessed 45 humans share something you would have never known they were holding ever in a million years. And then you got to hold it with them. I mean, it's just so profound. Camille, what are you thinking when you imagine this? Are you like, are you a fuck no? <laughs> are, I, I, can't, I can't really read you on that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't really been around people in like almost five years but i i think i'm going to be initially a fuck no person like just or if, i'll say it this way i'm going to be a person like okay i gotta titrate it to this even like it being around people like whoo all right that was 30 minutes let me go sit by a tree for a couple of minutes so <laughs> you know just to give myself time to acclimate and to like you all said not to rush it and, and, and that's just something I, I really want to reiterate here that I think is absolutely beautiful is that for, like Louise said, anyone who's thinking about, oh, I'd love to work on trauma healing and somatics, but mm, physical touch is way too much for me, way too overwhelming. You have facilitators who are like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. So if you need to orient to anyone who's like, nah, I'm not doing that. It's not going down. You have facilitators who are in the exact same boat. Um, that's right. So, yeah, I just really wanted to emphasize that. Ooh, I can't wait to see what happens with you next year. Look Me excited. too. I am curious. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it's special. And I, I want everyone to know we're, we're focusing on this one ceremony. Uh, the, the, this one coming up, the five day one, it's not, this isn't a touch based retreat. It happens to be this one ceremony. And some people don't even opt in for touch. They ask for singing. They ask people to surround them. Like Marika, I held her hand. Everyone else surrounded her. So it, it's like you can really curate it. But I just want to be clear. I know touch is a big edge. And uh, I know body work. You know, body work is a better word we've learned. Because when you say touch, there's always like, what does that mean? But when you think of body work or energy work, that's what's really happening. Uh, and it, it is an edge for some people. And if it is an edge for you and you're thinking there's no way, this retreat is still going to be super impactful if you don't enjoy touch with other people or body work or hands on. You don't you don't need that for this. There's so many people I can think of from this last one that opted out of being touched the whole weekend and still emerge feeling more intact, more connected, really open to people. And they remove themselves from touch because they were re respecting their capacity. It was too much, too quick for them. Being in a room talking about how they felt in their body was enough feeling with other people that was enough for them so i just wanted to make that make that really clear i think that i want to close on something uh because shana i think it was you that said about the at the end of the retreat i brought up the misfits piece 
and I just I'm learning this more and more. And I, I've said this to my whole team in different ways. We are really unusual because I don't know any trauma organizations that are run by misfits. I really don't like everyone I know, everyone I've been trained by, everyone I've worked with, people I love and respect dearly. Um, they they've been accepted into institutions like they, they have that sense of belonging. They've been scholars, academics, you know, all these they kind of they've been in that world already. I don't know people like us who are true freak shows and love it and are like, I'm going to go out in the world and tell all the other freak shows to come find us. It's, it's really unique. And I think that's why I do this work. I won't be able to do it otherwise. But this team, they grew up around me. You know, I didn't like go on a directory and find someone. I, I found them in these really magical ways, mysterious ways. And each and every one of them is a true misfit that didn't belong, that was bullied, that has like the experience of relational rupture and being outside society. And still we are in many ways. That's special. And so I just kind of wanted to touch on that and see, am I the only one that experiences that? Or how has that felt in your, I'll ask the retreaters first, like, could you sense that with us? Or was it only obvious after I said it? I, I don't know if I'm going to answer that question because what I am going to say though is, Luis, I came to the retreat because I've been doing HLN work for like a year and a half. And yet, you shared so many wonderful things during the course of the retreat, but I would say it was the container that you held that was even more valuable than, than the wisdom you shared. To me, that was like the real takeaway of the retreat was it wasn't like we were just all sitting in chairs, like listening to the guru. It was like your presence created a space where we could relate to each other and the facilitators in this and ourselves in a completely different way. So maybe that's made possible by being a misfit. I don't know, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly iconoclastic and my body loves it. Oh, Ansley, that's music to my ears. That's my whole goal. Thank you. My team knows how I feel about the guru word, <laughs> the G word. We call it the G word around here. <laughs> Shana, what about you? What do you feel? And if you want to bring up whatever that brings up for you, like Ansley, go for it. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I just felt so supported by everyone and it, it just keeps coming back to um, how sacred everything felt immediately. And um, it was easy to feel really grounded in the presence of everyone and, and the team and you, Luis, you were so clear in your teachings and it was really easy to grasp. And I just had so many epiphanies, so many epiphanies that just blew my mind and um, I think the realness and the rawness is what attracted me to holistic life navigation and, and how much I resonated with so many things that you brought to the table, Luis, and, and it's very courageous to do. And then as I meet more of the team and like feel into their backgrounds, I just felt like, okay, I belong here. I belong with these people because none of us fit any kind of mold and we're not supposed to. We're beautifully individualistic. And I've always felt like a, a big weirdo my entire life. And this is the place where I can be in all my weirdness and, and myself and feel comfortable in that. So still working on it. So I'm just going to keep coming back to all these retreats to open up more and more. I love that, Shana. How, how did you find us, by the way? How did you find HLN? Uh, Instagram. 
Wow, always I wondering. Up everywhere. I was just like, okay, who is this guy? I better check this out. <laughs> awesome. So all those videos are doing something in the world. <laughs> I got to Shana came into my life. Yes. <laughs> David, what about you? What was that like? Yeah. Um, going back to your mis misfits uh statement, I I really resonated with that. And what really came to me was like, we're all misfits that share the bond of trauma. Like this beautiful creature that is trauma brought us all together and is kind of like our, is what is what we all hold together. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying of like, we're not alone. And that's, that's what I felt where like, we all are different. We're all come from different backgrounds, but we all share that we're working through our trauma where addressing it we're, we're growing through it and and that's what makes us unique and that's what kind of brings us together also so that that's really where that comment takes me and what i felt where it's like usually i don't feel safe to share that i that i hold all this within me and usually i don't feel safe to presence all this and i kind of feel like i have to hide it but with all these misfits i can i can really share that and open up and 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 let it unfurl inside me I really appreciate that. And like hearing what you and Shana said, and I, I'm just realizing I want to say to people listening, like when I say misfit, when I say freak show, like to me, those are, those are terms of endearment. No, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, they're, they're terms of endearment because part of the, what makes having trauma so traumatic is society has created this concept of standard and how we're supposed to show up, how we're supposed to experience things. That's what fucks us up so much because we are Everyone listening to here is a giant, so this is a giant weirdo. Not because you're listening to this, just because you are. Humans are weird. We have so many different dimensions. These bodies are weird. They're, they're these animals that are very lawless at the end of the day when they're not being polite and pleasant. And so I, I think what I love about somatics is it initiates you into, oh, we all belong in our individuality. You know, what makes you feel like a freak or a misfit, which I felt my whole life, was my individuality was told it didn't belong, that it had to shape shift to fit in, and then I belonged. And that was, that was so traumatic. So to hold space in person where everyone belongs, no matter how like square they think they are or how weird they think they are, like you are a weirdo either way. And I want to get to know like those tentacles that live under there. <laughs> That's what I want to know. And so that that I just got some clarity when you two were saying that. But we need to do a speed round. Uh, I want the facilitators to just say, what, how do you feel, you know, being on this team and being able to be fully human? Because I, I find that to be a huge asset where we're not, professionalism is not the priority here. You know, it's like, Camille's like, hell no, it's not. And Camille's been healing from that. But like professionalism is not what we're here to do. We're, we're here to show up in our humanity. So I want to know what it's like for you all to just show up as you are and to get that opportunity to use that as medicine for the people who come into the space kind of like shy and not sure if they can be who they are. Uh, any of you that want to chime in? So I'll just say, yeah, coming from 15 years in the corporate space, yeah, professionalism is a trigger word for me. But um, I, I, I really love being a misfit in that um, it was traumatizing for me for try, to try to fit that mold that I had to do these things, be this way in order to be successful, in order to not be homeless. And I've done my work to figure out that that's not necessarily true. And I really, really enjoy 
telling people there's no right or wrong answer or you don't have to do anything. And they look genuinely shocked because like me, they were in all these other situations and environments where there were correct answers. There were things that they had to do. And so really helping people to discover that is, I, I love being a part of any team that does that. Uh, I feel like for me, it was just such a relief, um, especially growing up, I feel like with a very negative connotation of the term weird. Um, and then just being able to embrace that. I mean, like we all always do, <laughs> um, but kind of flipping the script on that. And um, yeah, just just a, such a relief to be able to show up and be myself and not have to figure out what I'm supposed to be like with other people and just be me. Big relief. I love you. I love all the parts <laughs> of you. Marika. Um, I was going to say that my, I feel like my whole life was about assimilating and assimilation and my forties have been about unlearning that and, and letting all that, all that shit go. And it's so nice to be able to support other people in doing that as well from a place of like knowing, you know, um, and uh, so yeah, the misfit thing, something that I really didn't want my whole life. And now I'm like, I don't have capacity to mask shit anymore. So I'm just going to have to be myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the side effect to working at HLN. <laughs> I have to say like when Ansley said how you, your part of your medicine for her is like the real world, like the realness, you, you bring that for so many people in this, in this work we do. I can't tell you the amount of people that are like, Oh, Marika makes me feel like it's all okay to be human you could, because you're getting so good at not masking. And so you just say exactly what you feel. And it's, it's not always positive or popular, but it's so real. And I just love it. I love every minute of it. Zach. Yeah. Just being on this call, I'm having so much love in my body. Like it's my whole torso is feeling and like trickling down to my legs. And I feel really seen in this group. I feel like I don't have to be anyone but myself. And I can love as deeply as I love platonically with all these people that come to the door and just really treat them like someone I've known forever, even though I'm seeing them for the first time. And that idea of belonging that you keep bringing up and that idea of misfit or weird or strange, it brings up um, this the etymology of weird, which someone on a dating app told me years ago, and I was so happy that they shared but it was having the power to control your own destiny is what weird actually means. And I was like, oh, I love being weird even more. <laughs> so yeah, we all get to be really weird together in our fully authentic selves. And I'm so in love with you all and happy to be here. Mm, beautiful, Zach. Holly. Uh, Zach, I love that you brought that in because I was about to talk about the etymology of weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's perfect. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, that it is, this is destiny. And, uh, the, what I love is recognizing here, the difference between fitting in and different belonging, like fitting in is, is work you have to do. You have to find, you have to stick yourself in something to fit in. And instead, this is that belonging where you like land in because you are who you are. And I think that this group really facilitates that well. And this work really facilitates that well. And I've spoken to this before that I, I gauge a lot of like what feels right to me in a sense of homecoming, like what feels like coming home. And that's, that's what belonging is, right? It's like, it feels like your home and this coming together always feels like a homecoming for me. 
so glad you said that difference of belonging and fitting in because that that's really what these retreats mean for me personally and what i see other people get from them is like oh i belong without fitting in and that's really strange uh, because usually, like I said, we we learn belonging is comes at a price. You have to fit in to belong. And it's a conditional belonging. And to be with people and realize, oh, I don't have to fit in. I can be strange. I can be authentic. I can be natural. And I belong. It kind of you know blows the mind of all these ideas we had. So I'm, I'm really glad you said that. I, I can't wait for this next one. I don't know if you three are going to be part of it. You're obviously more than invited. I hope so. <laughs> okay. But our whole team will be there. Everyone that you're meeting here in this episode, those of you listening, it's going to be incredible. And I, I just wanted to give a moment just for the three of you that came here. If you want to share yourselves with any of our listeners, if you want to share what you do or any links, uh, no pressure, but it's a, a moment to do so if you'd like. So I would start with Ansley. And if you don't, um, my friend Freda will just edit this part out. Sure. Um, my name is Ansley Dalbo, and I do patient education for people with obesity and also people with type 2 diabetes. So we offer free educational resources that are all from healthcare professionals, kind of about how the small steps anyone can take to live a long, healthy life. Thank you, Ansley. Shana? Sure. I'm a mindfulness meditation teacher. I do specialize in youth, but I also give adult classes as well. And we'll be launching them online soon. And y'all can find me at Conscious Nectar on Instagram. Thank you. David? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm i working on putting together like a somatic cold exposure practice. That's really what resonates with me and the work that I do. So you can find that at healing underscore the underscore degrosh thank you my friend and zach wants to plug something yeah hi everybody i want to plug this space that i built because i love it so much i have a a community gathering space that has a lot of healing events called the forest haven so if you want to find out more about that just go to theforesthaven.com and every season i do a special little four-hour uh intimate intensive there so you can check out I'll check out the website you'll see it <laughs> Thank you all for joining. It's so beautiful. I'm glad we could share this with more people because I didn't know how to do it myself. So just like the theme of the retreat, you don't have to do it alone. Thank you for, for doing it with me. And it was it's so beautiful to have all of you in my life the way that you are. It's, it's really been really been uh, magical and I'm truly grateful. So thank you. That's the end of today's episode. Now let's take a moment to notice where we feel the episode in our bodies. Close your eyes. Take a breath and let whatever wants to come up, come up. And remember, those sensations hold the wisdom that we're looking for. If you want to go deeper, visit holisticlifenavigation.com. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between 
a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.